What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. We are here with a very special guest. This is going to be a spicy episode because we are here with Fanny. And Fanny is a pleasure coach and she also is an orgasm fairy godmother. Okay, you heard it right an orgasm fairy godmother. She is a doctor practicing medical genealogy on a daily basis and a skilled, trained sex, love, and relationship coach. So I actually met Fanny through another, um, membership, Gala's membership. We were, Gala does this thing at the end of her tapping um, Sunday, uh, what would you call it? Like Sunday meetings. And at the end, she throws people into like a room, like a group chat room. And then you just get to meet different people and talk about either the tapping or anything else. And I really love that idea because it's how I met Fanny. So um, we were thrown into a room with like three other people we got in there, we started talking and I was like, I have to have you on the podcast because her work seems so interesting and nothing like I've had on before. So, um, also in your bio, you said that you combine the best of both worlds to help women reclaim the thriving sex and fulfilling life they deserve. And that is like one of the most juiciest sentences. I'm like, yes, thriving sex and fulfilling life. I love it. So welcome everyone, Fanny to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for for this introduction. Sorry, my English is vanishing because I'm stressed out. (laughs) And I'm really happy you like the thriving second sense fulfilling life. I really love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a good, um, it's such like an all-encompassing, you know? Yeah. And I truly believe that the fastest way to go to the fulfilling life you deserve is through reclaiming your sexuality. I don't know about you, but personally, I've tried a lot of stuff. I've tried yoga, I've tried meditating, and there was still something missing until I met this new job that is mine now and that really fill all the blanks. I arrived there because first, um, on a very basic and personal level, I had an issue with my pleasure. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to have an orgasm except when my partner was giving it to me. And it was like, okay, that's not, I'm not, I'm sure it's not supposed to look like that. And I felt happy because I was able to have an orgasm. So many women around me couldn't. And so there was a part of me then noticing in my gynecology practice daily that my patients had issues I had no answers to because all the results were normal, because the hormones were normal, because, because, because. So it was like, okay, I need to figure something. <laughs> I need to dig somewhere. There's has to be something available. And so one thing after another, I met this amazing teacher of mine. Her name is Lila Martin. She's amazing. And I became a sex, love, and relationship coach dedicated to help women, P 
people and women reclaim the thriving sex and fulfilling life they deserve. Okay, we're going to address the awkward thing in the room is that I pronounced it genealogy (laughs) instead of gynecology. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which genealogy doesn't make any sense, but gynecology definitely does. So we're going to just pretend that that didn't happen. So... (laughs) Okay. So you are a gynecologist. And so you said that people were coming and asking you like questions in your practice, like women were asking questions about their sex life. So I need to point out that I'm not a gynecologist. I am a family doctor, but I've been trained with medical gynecology, gynecologic practices. So I can do anything, the pap smears, the IUDs, everything, but I don't have the title of a gynecologist. Just okay. to put out that um, to be crystal clear. And yes, so I have, when I see my patients for the like annual check-in, I always ask questions about their sex life. If they have intercourse, yes or no. If they have pain, yes or no. And it all started this way. I had so many people having pain and, and I couldn't do anything or I can, I could just send them to a sexologist, but they have six months of delay. And I was like, I cannot, there's something wrong. And no, not everybody should go to see a medical doctor to ha- because they have a medical problem in their sexuality. I was like, I need, I'm sure there is something else to do before that. <laughs> so yes, that's why I started digging and noticing how Many of my patients were not able to experience pleasure at all, being stuck into the do, 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 do mode or the perfect good girl or perfect mother. And seeing all of those people stuck into autopilot the way, the way I was too, it was really heartbreaking and at the same time, really motivating. Like I do this for myself, but I also do this for all those women. We're going to change the world. <laughs> I was saying, I apologize. I was saying, so what other things could it be other than like a medical issue? If you're talking about um, things that people were experiencing when they would come to you. I think the first thing and the most important is how the, um, the patients I see and I saw it in myself is this feeling of being in, on autopilot, living your life with you are in a train or either looking at the train that rains forward, that races forward. And you're like, I'm not even know what I'm doing. I don't know what, where I'm going. I have no idea what's going on. I just know this is not, this is not something I can bear anymore. And a lot of us have tried many things regarding that. We've tried a lot of self-development. We've tried a lot of things and we end up feeling burned out because nothing works or seems to stick. And that's what I love about the work we do as sex coach, sex love and relationship coaches is that we can address the whole person. So the sexual challenges that this person is experiencing, where um, whether it's pain or lack of pleasure or anything, but noticing this lack of pleasure can actually come can be seen in your sex life, but just even in your whole life, because if you cannot experience pleasure and we are not really trained to look for pleasure and our twisted game society actually reverse more 
forget yourself and don't feel pleasure at all. If you don't feel pleasure, whether it's sexual or just sensual pleasure, then you cannot numb yourself selectively. If you don't feel pleasure, then it will end up, you will end up feeling less and less and less and less and ending up in, on autopilot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think it's all connected. I have this saying, or I say everything is everything, right? So it's like where we show how we show up one way, how we show up in a lot every other way, in my opinion. Um, so just like you're saying, like if you're not experiencing, you know, love, connection, or pleasure in any capacity, then you're not going to be able to turn it on. Okay. So we were just saying, yes, it is all connected. And I totally agree. Um, so how does someone know if they, other than just not experiencing pleasure, how does someone know that they need your work? Mm, I think before needing, it's more a question of wanting because mm. I'm a firm believer that actually nobody needs a coach. Or you can even go further and say nobody needs therapy. It's because you feel bad or you have a trauma you need to be addressed that you need that you go to therapy. And they, it's because there is something that doesn't feel good in where you are and that you wish were different was different than you go to see a coach. So I'm really not a fan of having people needing to meet me. I prefer offering, hey, where are you? You are, if you're there, I can help you go there. And you figure out where the, what the there is. Mm, really I love that approach. Some, I'm really feeling something about, it's more a question of wanting more than needing a coach or anything, any kind of support. If you feel you don't like your sex life with what it is, if you yearn for more because there's no way you can, it can be or look like this, this hollowness, this gray, 50 shades of gray, but not the good one types of thing. And this is where you can meet my work and we can work together. So yeah, it's more yeah. like that. <laughs> I love that approach because it's so, it takes all the pressure off of having like this problem. Like we have this problem and we're, something's wrong with us and we need to fix it. Um, which I think is a huge thing that uh, I kind of took that into a program I had as well, because I had this whole program about um, healing your relationship with food. And I always felt like clients, especially when I was a personal trainer, clients would come to me like, oh, I just need to like, I need to fix this. I need to like be better. I need to stop being, you know, uh, bad on the weekends or whatever, like all those negative terms where I need to fix me. There's something wrong with me. I need to fix it. And I hated that feeling because it's like, we just are like, we're humans. There's nothing we need to fix, but, um, improve maybe, but, or enhance, I think is a better way to say it. So I love that. That is your approach. Um, talk to us about your weekly fave. Let's get that out of the way before we could dive into deeper topics. Um, can I consider a weekly fave that where I live, so in France, women are actually getting getting a day off when they they are experiencing a miscarriage. This yes, huge. 
as an advocate for women's rights, noticing that the day after the, the Women's Rights Day is, yes, I want to celebrate that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, thinking about having to go back to work the day after a miscarriage is very, seems like, how does that happen, right? Like, how do we do, how do we get to that point where we're, that's what we're doing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a good thing. Um, And then did you feel, have anything that you felt confident in this week? So a confidence piece. Oh, yes. I recorded an episode of my podcast that is called, Do You Have an SM Dungeon in Your Head Too? That felt what? And confident. Do you have an, an SM Dungeon in your head too? <laughs> I felt really confident doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us what that's about. What's an SM Dungeon in your head? I don't know about you, but in my head, there are a lot of people. There is my inner child that is like, I want to do something right now. There is my inner teenager drama queen that says, nobody can understand me. I feel so alone right now. I have a cop that says, this is allowed. This is not allowed. This is allowed. This is not allowed. I have a teacher who says, this should have been done for yesterday. Why are you not? I have like a fake domina saying, no, that you do. You should do this that way. If you don't know, if you're not doing it that way, then it will not work. I have a therapist nodding her head. Well, you're such a lost cause. Nobody will want you. There's, I cannot do anything for you. And I noticed that all of those people, apart from the child and the teenager, and I have many more, are just like, they are playing a symphony of making me feel like shit. So like a crappy SM dungeon, because a real SM dungeon is safe and full of consent and safe words and everything. But I was like, those people enjoy making me feel bad? Hell no. <laughs> I have an SM dungeon in my head. So what can I do about it? So that's what I recorded. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to have to go listen to that episode. So I'll link it for you guys down below because it sounds really interesting. I definitely know what you mean about all those different, all those different sides of our personality that are like in our head, talking to us multiple different times a day. And sometimes they're talking over each other. <laughs> the, the, um, the easy fix for the hide the hijack or the fastest way to just find a little comfort is in this is to make them ridiculous like imagining this teacher that has her her hair tied up there is a window and so she has her hair becoming like a witch from the fairy tale you know like uh, cabos or whatever or you know the fake domina imagine her within within a pink you know like baby pink uh, outfit instead of the black thing with baby vomit then <laughs> she will feel less <laughs> scary <laughs> the more ridiculous the better there is a whole other things we can do with that but having this hijack of i need to make them ridiculous to feel better is really helpful <laughs> yeah that's kind of like picturing you know everybody in the audience in their underwear when you're making a speech type of thing like yeah, make definitely. it ridiculous <laughs> yeah. yeah i yeah. love that Um, so 
when people come to you and you start to uncover like these things about their work, what is, what type of changes do they have not only in their sex life, but in their, um, day-to-day life as well? The feeling of feeling alive. That's the most important feedback I get from my coaches is the sensations of living the life they are supposed to live and living your life actually requires you to live it all. So you live the pain, you live in the anger, you live the sadness. It's actually reclaiming the whole palette of who they are. That is the most, the, the most important feedback I'm getting because when you have that, then you're not numb anymore. And when you're not numb anymore, then your sex life improves. There is this part, and there is also the part of helping women getting their first orgasm or getting more amazing orgasms because there is a whole orgasm buffet in our bodies. And even if magazines say there are seven to eight types of orgasms, I would argue there are so many more. You can have an orgasm from your throat. You can have an orgasm from your brain. You can have an orgasm from your cervix. And turns out an orgasm can be, and it works for pleasure too. An orgasm can be an explosion or it could be really intimate and inside the liberation of pleasure, or it can be a luscious and luxury feeling of release more than a, oh yeah, 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 like every porn movie, bad porn we can see. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're talking about orgasms, are you talking only sexual orgasms or you're saying, because it sounds like what you're talking about is also like orgasms of like the mind and like ideas and like fully, like you were saying, fully experiencing life itself. I love to say it to uh, to call this life gasm. <laughs> Actually, finding back the pleasure of being alive is a great part, a big part of what I do because I've been stuck in autopilot for a long time too. Just wondering, is that it? <laughs> Did I sign up for this and have this? I'm also really amazed by how our emotions can be a source of orgasm too. We, you can have anger gasm. This is one of the best. You can have sad gasms. I didn't have that before, but <laughs> you can have disgust gasm, enjoying the fun, the, kind of the kink, existential kink of these emotions helping you have orgasms. It's definitely this feeling of the pleasure to be alive. And you get that. One of the easiest access to that is reclaim your sexual pleasure and your sexual power. How does someone know if they have, don't have their sexual power? Mm, I would say several things. Maybe it's hidden or maybe it's like less than what they want. I would see several things here. First, I would like to acknowledge how personal to each person it is. It's not because you see yourself in what I will just share that you have no connection to your sexual power. As I always like to say, you're not broken. You're perfect just as you are. <laughs> I'm, the first thing that comes to my mind is how 
mobile is your body. If you picture two persons, one that is connected to her sexual power, to the pleasure of being alive, and one that is totally dissociated, if you picture those two people, personally, I see the dissociated one as stiff and rigid, whereas the one who's connected have more range of movement, is more rounded. So there is this feeling first of how mobile the body is. And that has like perfect explanations because if you, when you have issues with or challenges in your sexuality, there are tensions that are stored stored into our bodies. And those tensions, they are literally maintaining us stiff. So there's this. I would say the... Um, it's it's easy to see the the absence of connection to your sexuality and sexual power because you don't experience pleasure. Definitely, there's this. If you, in may be tricky because if you don't, if you live your life on autopilot, you may see, you may say, "I have an amazing sex life." Thank you. And if that's the case, great, good for you. I do want to point out a lot of us have been there. And also have noticed that this feeling of connection is superficial. And there's nothing wrong with that if that what's you that what feels you that would that's what you like at the moment and what feels good. Again, there is nothing wrong with you. So I would say the pleasure, definitely. What else? I would say the um, letting yourself down like abandoning yourself. And what's tricky there is that so many of us are trained to, you know, surrender or give it to the universe, which is great and really helpful, but just don't (laughs) mix surrender and abandoning yourself. So this feeling of things being hollow, no goal, just living your day, day in and day out, shades of gray and more importantly not not feeling anything wondering i have everything what is wrong with me i have everything i'm supposed to be happy why am i not happy i call Hmm. that the autopilot and in my opinion the autopilot comes from sexual disconnection wow that is so powerful i feel like when I went to acupuncture, um, probably around three years ago now, I was having issues with my shoulder when I would work out and I've always been into working out. And, um, I would describe myself at that time as a very stiff person. (laughs) Um, I never got a massage or anything like that before, before that, because, um, I couldn't release tension in my body at all. I couldn't have anybody else in control. And, um, when I got acupuncture, he said to me the first time the issues are in the tissues. And I love that saying, because it's exactly what you were describing, right? Is that our body stores that. And if you've ever heard, uh, read the book, the body keeps score. Um, it talks about that as well, right? That we store things, um, in our body and I see it now. I, I never saw it before in myself. 
even though maybe I did and I didn't want to recognize it. But now, like you're saying, you can see it really easily um, in other people, like stiff, um, anxious, like um, very immobile. Like you said, I really love that that um, scenario that you pointed out. And I think the other thing I want to talk about is how, you know, when you are like going through this autopilot, I feel like now I'm not on the autopilot, but it's very easy for me to want to go back to that autopilot. But before I was on an autopilot and I know the exact feeling of what you're saying is like, I have all these things, right? I have a man who loves me. I have dogs. We have a beautiful home. Like, you know, we're living our, our dream, creating our business, but why do I still feel empty? And I remember that when I was at a really low point and I didn't really, like, I shouldn't have been at a low point because I have all these things. Um, but I kept, I would say when I would get angry, um, oh my God, I just hate my life. And I started to realize, like, once I started to get more into like work and stuff like that, this was even before I was like, um, doing any type of like, uh, any type of the work I do now, no self-growth yet. I remember thinking like, why am I saying that? Like, I don't, I don't hate my life, but why do is, does that keep coming to mind? And that was probably like the first realization I had where I was like, something is off, <laughs> like something is off here. And because I, I love the life that I've created, but something feels off. And yeah, it can be very like hard to recognize that in yourself. So do you have any like tips that you can give someone who thinks like, oh my God, I can kind of relate to that. Or maybe I am living on autopilot. I'm just going through the motions. Like I have a sex life with my husband or significant other or partner, but maybe I am on autopilot. I would love just to add something with what you just shared. I had the same about, I hate my life. I also had, I hate myself, mm. really writing, I hate myself. Hint, when there is that, there is a good chance there's the, there's a dissociation and disconnection from your sexual power. <laughs> I'm sure many of people, many people in your audience can relate to, to that. I think fastest way to step out of autopilot is coming, is coming back home to your body. And there are several practices to do so. And you also need to be aware that coming home to your body will require feeling, will require feeling the anger that have been sitting there for a long time. Feeling the sadness of the things you wished you had done and didn't do. There is a beautiful thing about that is written in that book, The Body Keeps the Score, about how we need to feel the sensations and not the story. So first knowing that and being aware that you are embarking on a wild ride. And as many of us may feel sometimes, gosh, it was simpler was, uh, when I was sleeping, when I was on autopilot, it was way simpler. I felt like crap, but it was simpler. <laughs> so when you are stuck in this autopilot, first I see you, then there are different types of exercises that some are exercises or practices that can help you. For example, my two favorites are breast massage and yoni egg. These tools are just amazing because they build the 
they rebuilt the the connection between your body and your nervous system. When I say build the reconnection, it's never lost, but like awaken this reconnection. We have so much approach available, what we call bottom to top. So, you know, you want to try to add a new habit or change something in your life. And for most of us, it doesn't stick. In, like you cannot add rocks to um, to a glass that is that is already filled with water. It doesn't work that way. Whereas when you go to the body and release the tension, then you have the space to create something. These are called the bottom to top approach, and there are so many of them. So many of them. The usual, the easiest, and I'm saying this with. I don't have the word for that. <laughs> air quotes, air quotes. The air, the air quotes. Um, easiest is to get to self-pleasure and also acknowledge that for many of us, self-pleasuring isn't accessible at the beginning because just thinking about our, our pussies or yonis is making us throw up or we cannot even look at them or we feel they're dirty or in, or that we don't deserve self-pleasuring. Like, there is this whole media society problem around that too. So if that's not available, there are tools that you can use to go a little bit slower. And my two favorites are breast massage and uni egg, as I mentioned at the beginning. Breast massage because you build the connection with your hands and your breasts, which are an erogenous zone, but are not as charged as your genitals can be. And you also may be surprised how, how much we have store in our breasts too, whereas it's con- um, whether it's constant criticizing before, because of their size or, you know, you have too much or not, not enough, or you have the male gaze that is um, always looking at them and having an opinion on them. There might be some stuff around meeting, maybe getting your first bra or, you know, when you go to those shops and they're like ugly and okay, so they are just uh, pointing out and let me grab them and press them so that we don't see them anymore. (laughs) There is all of that that is stored and using breast massage at first is a way to notice that you are actually able to feel that and heal from that. This is building the safety in your nervous system to the true base of your healing because you don't want to like throw your nervous system into like a survival mode because you're draining on the emotion at the same time you're going to freeze and it's not going to work <laughs> the same as you you didn't le- you didn't learn to ride a bike before learning how to walk so we need to walk first and what i love for us to do by learning how to walk is breast massage and yoni egg Yoni egg is my favorite tool ever. First, because some of us are not really attracted to penises. <laughs> I need to, I needed to point it out at. <laughs> or we may have a penis latest that is too much charged to consider. And what I love about Yoni egg is that first, it is a tool that it helps you um, play with a tool without the penis charge. And it helps with the armoring. So because it's an egg that you insert in your vagina, if that's available, and if it's not, you just put it in the entrance. And 
release the tensions. When you release those tensions, when you de-armor, then you make some space inside of yourself. When you make some space, some, some, some space inside of yourself, then you feel more alive. You have more space available, more range of movement. And there is this virtual circle that is getting in place. And the beauty of Yoni Egg is how it is a versatile tool. Because in the mainstream, it's really advertised as use a Yoni Egg to do your kegels. Whereas there is this whole part about the yummy egg that is just about helping you resensitize your body, helping you release the tensions. We have so much to do before strengthening our pelvic floor. <laughs> so yeah, breast massage and addressing your pelvic health through yummy egg are the best tools, in my opinion, to start. I love the talk about the yoni egg, and I think you are launching your own yoni egg, right? A crystal egg? Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I love to use the word yoni egg or crystal egg, although I tend to use jade egg as an automatic response that um, you, that's still happening. But yeah, I am building this one-on-one coaching program to work with the yoni egg because there are amazing stuff on the internet. And there is amazing stuff on the internet and there is a lot of bullshit, a lot of crap. And what I believe is um, self-practices with guided audios are amazing. I have them, I have them too. And it's really, really efficient. I also believe in the value of having one-on-one coaching because the coach can help you deal with whatever comes up with any emotion that comes up or adapt the pace to your your healing, to what you are experiencing. And I truly believe the beauty of mixing JDEG guided sessions and coaching sessions to enhance really the start of the healing. So yeah, I'm really excited for this this offer. (laughs) Yeah, that is super exciting. Um, I I don't know much about the Yoni egg, but then when you had it on your questionnaire, I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you said something earlier I want to go back to. You said something about the, um, I can't remember exactly what the um, what the two words were, but you said we have to look at the something versus the um, the story the story that we're telling ourselves. Can you remind us of that? And can you expand on it? Sure. Um, It comes with with what emotions are. And emotions are just sensations. There is a great book that is called How Emotions Are Made. I don't have the author right now, but she starts her book with something amazing. She was asked out by a guy and she was like, maybe. She went out on that date and during that date, she had um, her heart was pounding. She had things in her stomach and tinglings and she was like, okay, maybe I am into that guy. Then she went home and she was sick with the flu for one week. So noticing that sensations are just, um, that feelings, sorry, are sensations, informations that our brains give meaning to. So a heart um, pounding heart rate can be from anger, but also can be from fear or a lot of things. So that being said, when I talk about emotion, 
after an emotion, there is a story. There is this situation going with this person. And when you think about it, you get into a story mode and you relive the story and you relive the story and you relive the story. Whereas what's truly needed to heal is feeling the sensations. So feeling the heart rate, feeling the need to run, feeling the need to scream, for example, instead of getting into the story that that's what happened at the same time, blah, 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 blah. And interestingly, is in, it's good to know that these sensations, when you just stick with them as sensations, they last only one minute and a half max. And usually it's like way less than one minute. So if an emotion or a story, if an emotion st stays longer than one minute and a half, it's because we have put the story with it. Why am, why am I telling you all of this is we know that to heal, we need to feel the sensations. So if you have this anger coming up because there was the situation with that man, for example, know a boss that yelled at you some kind of crap or anything, right now, your body needs to feel it and you need to do what we, what we call release the stress cycle. So at the moment, what you would have needed would have been to run far away from that jerk. So run on the spot or just move slowly and imagine you're running twice as fast in your head. This is release the sensation and releasing the sensations doesn't mean you have to live the story. You don't, you don't have to go to the situation when that guy was a jerk and said, that all, said all of this to you. Nobody will ever tell you that reliving your trauma will help you feel better. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> so it's really connecting the dots as I am draining and releasing the sensations by completing the stress cycle, by honoring my body's impulses, my body needs, instead of getting into our story again. <laughs> yeah, I really like that because the reason I like, I heard that and I got like a little ping, I put like a little post-it up in my brain because the stories I think is the biggest thing that I learned when I took this course about sabotage and learned about these stories that we tell ourselves and how we have this core belief. And then we, um, we have this story, we have stories that we look for those certain stories and we look for certain elements in that story to support that belief about ourselves. And so I'm really, really fascinated about these stories that we tell ourselves and these stories that you're saying now that we also attach to emotions and sensations that we feel. And it's interesting. So I was, uh, so this is going to be a little bit of a side note into another topic, but, um, over the last few, um, months, my husband and I have been like experimenting with taking, um, mushrooms. So we're taking like micro doses and when we did it the first time, um, everything was fine, like had a great time, high emotions, everything's good. Second time, I guess we took a different type of mushroom and, um, I still felt fine. I did not have, um, I didn't have like a anxious feeling or a sad feeling or, um, any major emotions come up, but what I did notice, and my friend pointed this out when he was with us is both times that we took this certain type of mushroom, I wanted to 
like I needed to, I kept feeling like I need to get fresh air. Um, and it wasn't like a normal feeling of anxiety where I was like, um, because I've had these before where I, I'm like, okay, like I need to exit this situation. Like I'm feeling uncomfortable or this is too much for me. Like I'm overwhelmed. My nervous system is overwhelmed. I need to get out. But I was still taking that same path. Like I left the restaurant for a second just to get fresh air. I was like, hey, I just feel hot. Like I'm going to go outside. I need some fresh air. But no emotions were attached to that feeling is what I was feeling. And um, same thing. I was like, we we were maybe going to go out somewhere later or somewhere after this restaurant. And um, I didn't really want to, I wanted to go home. I wanted to be in my own house, but not for the same reason that normally I would want to, right. Didn't have that anxiety. And so my friend was telling me who's more experienced with, um, with mushrooms and with emotions in, in regards to mushrooms, he was saying like, you have this, um, neural pathway that your brain takes once you start to get certain, um, feelings come up, like if you're having that feeling of anxiety, your brain recognizes it and wants to take that specific path that you always take, which was very true. And I was telling him like, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel anxious. Like I don't feel like there's nothing to be anxious about, like, which is really weird for me to even say, but I didn't feel the normal anxiousness, but my body still wanted to take that. And he was like, yeah, it's because whatever, um, emotion that is coming for you, is associated usually for you with anxiety and your body is trying to take you on that same path. So it was just so interesting to me that even though it felt totally different, my, my body, like we were talking about the body feeling these sensations, like my body still wanted that normal escape route of like, I got to get out of here. Like I got to remove myself from this situation. I need fresh air. I need to be only at my house. You know, it was just so interesting. So I think there really is something with, um, our body neural pathways and also sensations and the stories that we tell ourselves. So even though I've worked through a lot of those stories, your body still has that pathway that it can easily want to go down at all times. I would love to add something to this. Go ahead. How actually the autopilot mode is also a way of neurons wiring together, firing together. Because when you feel overwhelmed by the anger that you have been repressing for years, then your body is like, oh, freeze, not moving. And when there is another emotion, oh, freeze, not moving. And then another, oh, not moving. This is the classic and true <laughs> neurons wiring together, firing together. When you have associated a lot of things with anxiety, then every big emotion becomes anxiety in your system whereas at core they're just information and then our brains do something with it <laughs> yeah yeah it's so interesting because i as i was sitting there thinking like trying to think like what emotions am i actually feeling you know like i had the emotion where usually when i would have big emotional outburst before before i worked through a lot of stuff my emotional default, I guess, would be like anger and crying, right? So even though in this situation, I wasn't angry and I also wasn't sad, I wasn't, didn't really feel, I don't know what emotion I felt. I actually would love to take the same mushroom again and try to figure out what the fuck emotion it was. But, um, <laughs> but, um, 
my body wanted to cry. It was so weird. I was like, I wonder what emotion this is, but maybe as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe it's overwhelmed. Maybe it's just a lot of, a lot of emotions coming up, but my body had that feeling of like, you know, that feeling when you get in your chest and you're like, okay, I want to like something like I I want to cry. Um, but I wasn't sad. So it was just interesting. Like maybe like those same default emotions were trying to come forward. So yeah, I love that you said it also is on auto that autopilot of like staying like, oh, I'm going to stay right here. Like I'm not going to move. Like I'm not going to chance going anywhere else. I love to offer a reframe on that. If we go ahead. Crying you mentioned maybe this is just maybe this is not something to put a label on as in i need to understand what emotions i am feeling this is just completing the stress cycle this is mm. just you releasing the sensations through a cry, a cry sometimes when you tap you cough or you yawn or anything and Yes, if you have stored sadness forever into your body, even if you don't feel sad right now, at some point you need to cry and that's okay. Sometimes it's just wanting to kick or scream or cry. And some it can be really helpful to put a name on that emotion and also noticing that when you put a name on it, then you cut yourself from the richness of what's available. because. You can be, and that's what I see in the healing uh, I have with my coaches. Um, the true healing occurs when your mind doesn't know what's happening. If you're screaming and laughing and crying at the same time, that's great. That means your mind is lost. So when your mind is lost, there is the body who takes charge, and that's when true healing happens. I love that reframe. I love that reframe. <laughs> Yeah, because well, even in the moment, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what this is, and I'm just gonna like let it happen because I, you know, as I'm searching and talking, there's nothing that's coming forward. And you know, I always say this to my clients: is like, we always know, like you know, it's pretty usually when an emotion is coming forward, like we know what the emotion is, we know what what is actually like triggering it if we're allow if we allow ourselves to remove those blocks. And so I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I, I, I didn't. So I just let it go, went to sleep. <laughs> it was fine. So I love that reframe of like, it doesn't have to have a label. Yeah. Okay. Talk to us about your, you were talking about um, your meditations and practices. So talk to us about that and also your coaching. So I love using my voice and I've always, I've always been told like you have a voice to do some kind of meditation or whatever. And when I started my yoga practice, I went to, I fell in love with meditation and I started guiding, guiding that. And through my training, I've heard about practices that are amazing that I recorded. So I have a special place uh, where I have my um, some programs of several meditations that you can download with, um, for example, bringing more fresh blood and energy to this part of you, to a part of you. So I have like this library of um, meditations available. I also offer the one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have two packages at the moment. One is from gray to yay. 
actually helping people who want, who are wondering when it where it went wrong <laughs> to have basically the thriving sex and fulfilling life they deserve. And I also have the the one-on-one coaching with Yoni Egg for people who want to go with this um, on their further on a deeper topic. So one for now, the one-on-one coaching is available and the library membership is in a work in progress that will be available on the website. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm gonna have both of those linked down below for you guys. So you guys can check that out. If you guys are interested in this, I think it is something that everyone should do. Just like I talk about acupuncture and working through our body, definitely something that we should all explore. Um, I'm also going to link down below for you guys, all the books that we talked about, because there were a few. So I've made a few notes on the books that we were talking about existential kink, um, body, the body keeps the score. And then also how emotions are made. I'll link those for you guys. Um, do you have any other book recommendations that I should put down for people? Oh, yeah. You don't want to start me on books. <laughs> I do have two one, two other one. Come okay. As You Are from Emily Nagovsky. If you want to start your sexual healing, start with Come As You Are. It's amazing. Like this woman should be decorated. Like this is the book you want to offer to any woman around you that is important to you and that needs to hear that she's normal and that there is nothing wrong with her. I also love uh, Pussy, a Reclamation from Mama Jenna. It's really interesting too. I also want to acknowledge how lucky I am to to not have English as my first language because I don't have any problem with using the word pussy. (laughs) But I think... (laughs) But yeah, so that's the major two recommendations. What is your first language? French. I'm, French. I live in France. Okay. Okay. I thought you said Spanish we would, earlier. We would call, sorry, I would, we would call pussy a chat, literally means lady cat. And I have no issue with saying pussy, but chat is really much more confronting. So work to do there too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, it's funny how my, my husband speaks Spanish. So I have no problem using curse words in Spanish. Like I, um, I said something the other day to my mother-in-law, um, not to her, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Not to her, but, um, I hit my thumb or something like that when we were working on the turkey for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, I don't remember anyways. Um, and I said something, and I think I said like, fuck your mother or something like that, but I wasn't saying it to her. I was just saying it. It's a phrase, you know? And, um, she's like, oh my God, but because it's not my first language to me, it's nothing, you know, like it's not a really that big of a deal. It's really funny. Um, okay. Let's end it out with a little rapid fire. If we shall, how do you feel about that? Amazing. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, so I usually start with what is your favorite food? My favorite food. I love pasta. Not original. I love pasta because they're versatile, because you can do anything that would, that you want with them. You can do something really precious and elaborated. And at the same time, if you need comfort food, they're here too. <laughs> I love pasta. And I love pistachios. I just... Ooh, <laughs> me too. Pistachio ice cream is my favorite ice cream. 
Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. What is your uh, drink of choice? Do you drink alcohol? No, I can't. I have a medical condition that prevents me to do so, but I do enjoy having like um, ah, raspberry. Yeah. Raspberry juice in a glass of champagne because it makes me feel really classy and special and special because you're just drinking champagne and I'm drinking something special. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We always love to be extra. I love that. Um, Okay. If you're going to the movies or you're watching a movie at home, what is the candy that you're grabbing? Mm, Popcorn. Yeah. But sugar one. Mm. (laughs) Like a sweet popcorn? Yep. Ooh, I love that. Popcorn, definitely. Yes. Yes. That is so good. I love like a good kettle corn or like chocolate in my popcorn. I like like a sweet and salty. I like that a lot too. And what is your coffee order? Well, do you drink coffee? I can't either. I'm a hot chocolate girl. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I definitely, yeah, I love hot chocolate and I love actually trying the different flavors, like trying to look like an expert, you know, like I love this one more and I love this one more because X, Y, and Z. But if there is chocolate, count me in. <laughs> Do you do like dark chocolate or white chocolate or milk chocolate? What's your favorite? Count me out of white because it's not chocolate in my opinion. And count me out of 99% of dark because I can get to 75%, but after that, it's like way too bitter. So I love, yeah, I love variety. I love that. Um, okay, let's do what is your best purchase of this month? Mm, my best purchase of this month. That's interesting. Mm, can this mind count? Because no, it's not this month. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> that can still count. Yeah. I think one of the best purchases. Oh, yeah. I definitely know. The my best purchase, I bought an airbag jacket for my horse riding practice helps me feel really safe (laughs) now I can jump without without the fear of falling and breaking anything important I am 100% protected (laughs) that's amazing so is it like um it's an airbag jacket so if you fall then it kind of like deploys yep exactly wow from from neck to coccyx wow wow yeah that is very very helpful yeah, so I love that. Yeah. Um, what kind of mic did you get? Blue Yeti, like okay. a lot of us. <laughs> I'm going to link um, the mics down below for you guys. I know a lot of you guys are interested in doing a podcast, so I'm going to link that down below for you guys so you guys can see that as well. It's the same mic that I used to. Um, it's a Yeti microphone. And even though we had complications at the beginning of this episode, it is actually a really good mic. I think it's my cord <laughs> that's actually giving me a little bit of trouble. So um, last question is, if you were not doing this as a job, what would you be doing? That's an interesting one. I wish I could be a ballet dancer, definitely. But I would have to go back in time and do several other decisions if I was not doing this I think I would be an even more um, a teacher well that's 
kind of what I do because I'm a coach and a teacher at the same time. So I'm going to say I cannot do anything else than what I do because it's what I love. So why would I want to do something else? (laughs) That's cheating. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It took me forever. I asked that question to so many people um, until someone actually asked me back on the podcast and I had the same reaction. I'm like, well, I can't imagine doing anything else. I don't know what I would do. So it took me a really long time. It took me like a good month to figure out and be like, oh, okay. I would probably be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Love that. Love that. Okay. So I'm going to have everything linked for Fanny down below for you guys in the show notes. Also on Instagram, you guys can find her there. Um, She'll be on the Confident AF podcast, Instagram. Okay. We also forgot to mention that Fanny also has a podcast. So what is your podcast and what is it about? Where can we find it? It's called Your Sexified Life. You can find it in your favorite podcast platform. And in there, we discuss basically what I've just shared with you today, the path to pleasure, the path to orgasm, the path to owning your true life instead of losing ourselves into self-development ways. They can be amazing and they can be really crappy too. I tend to have a sassy voice and a zero bullshit tolerance. I blame, well, I don't blame, but I blame my medical background to this, for this. So I love spirituality, I love sexiness, and I always give a reality check. So, I mean, come on, the next episode is the same, the SM dungeon in your head. So... Yeah. So I'll have that linked for you guys down below as well. Do you ever have um, guests on the podcast? Not yet. I'm doing the solo cast version because I have a lot of things to say and I think they're interesting. (laughs) I have the guests um, scheduled in the future. I'll definitely have you when things start. (laughs) I'll be honored to come on. I love that so much. Um, So I will have that linked for you guys down below as well. Okay. So I'm going to have everything linked for her down below for you guys. So you guys can check her out as well as all the books that we listed in this episode, as well as anything that has been listed on any other podcast is going to be in the Amazon storefront for you guys. So you guys can check that out as well. So you can check out our faves. You guys can go to the Confident AF podcast, Instagram, follow Fanny as well. I'll have her linked and she'll be on the podcast Instagram. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it and giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in in today's episode. You're amazing. (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys liked this episode or found it helpful, make sure you share it for us, please. And tag us. We love to see it. And until next week, I will see you guys next week. Bye.